Three major market teams have apparently moved on from Shohei Otani, believing they're no longer in the running. So who are those three teams? How does it affect the Giants? And where do the Giants stand in this fascinating, once-in-a-lifetime kind of free agent sweepstakes? You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since way back in 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we get started, this is not just some, you know, random reporter. Like there's all the time we are hearing things like or things are written about or said even last year with Aaron Judge that I just like don't really get into because they're not coming from reliable sources. And unfortunately, a lot of times I see fans that kind of take it at face value. And so it's really important to point out who's trustworthy and who's not. And um, just to finish that point on Judge last year, there was some just random dude out of New Jersey who said that, you know, he met with them. He was on can he wrote a piece and then they interviewed him on KNBR. He said the Giants won't be underbid for Aaron Judge. And I continuously make fun of that because that's not even the right way to say that. He what he meant was the Giants won't be overbid or outbid, not underbid, but that's literally what he said. Take that as a hint that this is not a trustworthy source. But ESPN's Jeff Passan is just about as trustworthy and reliable as it gets in the industry. And ESPN's Jeff Passan had a significant uh, report today about the status of Shohei Otani's market. And what that report was, was that there were three teams, three major teams, who may in fact no longer be in the running for this player this player being the most talented player probably to ever play the game and what he says is and this is a direct quote by now the field for otani's services has winnowed sources said the texas rangers boston red sox and new york mets who were among the initial group of suitors have turned their attention to other players, sources said. Among those confirmed by sources to be still in the bidding, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Chicago Cubs, Toronto Blue Jays, and Angels. 
The San Francisco Giants have long had a fondness for Otani, who hasn't, though where they stand in these sweepstakes is unknown. So of course, of course, the Giants are the team that we don't get a clear answer on. And that is because, I mean, this is not new. This even goes back to the previous regime, I would say. But certainly the current regime has this track record as well, that they are as tight-lipped and close to the vest as any team in baseball, if not the most tight-lipped. Like, sources are confirming the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Blue Jays, and the Angels are still in the bidding. What Still in the bidding. That's a direct quote. And then he, he specifically goes out of his way to mention that the Giants, where they stand in the sweepstakes, is unknown. And, the, you know, we've had previous reports earlier in the offseason that Otani will hold it against teams, basically, if it gets out that they've... I would say, like, this kind of report isn't what he... It's not that he came out and said this, but it was reports that he felt this way, you know, that uh, he would hold it against teams if it got out that, you know, about about their meetings and whatnot. Kind of like, you know, that whole Aaron Judge thing. You're never going to see Shohei Otani pull that kind of stunt. Aaron Judge with a fake uh, interview in a San Francisco hotel, which just ticks me off now that we know that it was staged by him and his camp uh, and that he had no intentions of leaving New York. So we don't know what Otani wants, but uh, to hear, I mean, a team like the Mets is, is just a lurking power here in this market because their owner has just shown a willingness to go bonkers when it comes to spending. And then we've also heard that the Yankees are not optimistic about their chances for Otani either. And that they're kind of focused on, you know, trade conversations for Juan Soto maybe instead. And so this is these are some major players here. I mean, a lot of people thought the Rangers were a really good fit for Otani. The Red Sox, there were reports that he loved playing in Boston. Uh, and then, of course, the Mets with the spending. And so if the competition really, again, Passon is a very reliable source. Um, and he's not saying that these are the only teams, but he, these are the teams he names. And, you know, if it really does come down to the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Blue Jays, the Angels and the Giants, what is that? That's five teams. And if they all had even odds, you'd have a 20% chance of being the team that ends up with Shohei Otani. And so, do they all have even odds? Probably no. I mean, it just depends on what Otani wants and what these contract offers are. But, you know, the winter meetings, This today is Friday, and the winter meetings get underway, like, technically Sunday, but really start on Monday. And this could come to a resolution, like, any day now. And, yeah, to hear that some teams have moved on, that's an indication to me that essentially... Otani may have informed them that they're no longer in the running. Uh, and that's that's kind of what we saw last time he was available, which was under very different circumstances uh, because he was not seeking a contract of, you know, huge, uh, like he wasn't seeking money, essentially. He took on a rookie-style contract with three years of league minimum salaries followed by three years of arbitration. And the Giants were a finalist then. 
coming off a 98 loss season with no DH and they were still a finalist. And so I don't know, just this is like basically a non report saying that even Jeff Passan, who's like the most trustworthy of them all, doesn't know where the Giants stand here. Uh, there's really it's not like, oh, that means they are in the running. It could mean like the Giants could have been informed by Otani that they're out and it could be down to the Dodgers, Cubs, Blue Jays and Angels. But I just consider it uh, that they're still in it until we hear otherwise, until he signs, until there's a report that he has chosen a team or whatever, then this guy is still out there. And I think the Giants do have a shot. They do have a shot at signing Shohei Otani. I've made my case as to why the Dodgers are like the presumed favorites, but that I just don't view Otani as the kind of guy who wants to take the easy road. And I view the Dodgers as the easy road. It's like, and then you're just joining, you're just, you know, like the kind of Kevin Durant to the Warriors kind of deal and the criticism that Durant took for that. I I know a lot less about basketball, but, you know, like you're just joining a team that was already a superstar team. And so you're just kind of, you know, selling your soul for a ring. And I'm not sure that that kind of fits Otani's profile. But, you know, the Cubs and the Blue Jays, I certainly would view them as threats. I think the Angels are unlikely unless he wants to do like maybe a short term deal, uh, prove, you know, two years or something and then prove he can come back. But he's probably not going to do that kind of short term deal. We'll see. We'll have to see. And we may find out sooner rather than later. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to preview the upcoming winter meetings in Nashville and the Giants. What what's on the agenda for the San Francisco Giants at these winter meetings that get underway in just a couple of days. So we'll get into that in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our very, very good friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Actually, I'm in Mexico right now, so the, the offers are hot. The weather is hot. It's perfecto. Right now, though, if you're cold... You can stay hot at FanDuel and new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And like I keep saying, it doesn't have to be your team, you know, because the Niners, they've got a tough matchup uh, coming up against the Eagles who are what, 10 and one. And so pick any Team, $5 money line bet. And if that team wins, you get 150 in bonus bets. The app is super easy to use, as you would expect from America's number one sports book. And you can bet on anything from spreads to player props, over unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, we are going to preview the winter meetings, which are coming up. They, next time we have an episode, Nashville, Tennessee is going to be the spot of the baseball world. And Shohei Otani, if he hasn't signed yet, like I wouldn't be shocked if you know a deal came down today, simply because we heard earlier in the offseason that he could sign before the winter meetings uh, from... 
some legitimate reporter. Again, it wasn't just Joe Schmo from New Jersey. Like, and uh, that ticks me off because it it gives fans like false expectations. That Joe Schmo from New Jersey who said the Giants won't be underbid, and they kind of weren't. Well, they, I mean, the underbid is the wrong word again. So anyway, let's let's be sure that we're relying on good sources here. And again, Passon definitely is one. And by the way, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So, what is on the agenda for the Giants at the winter meetings? Well, first of all, you know, get things going. They haven't done anything of significance this offseason. I have done full, nearly full episodes, certainly full segments discussing, you know, somebody kind of came at me with a question like, why are the Giants the only team in the league that has done nothing uh, every other team has made a significant signing and or trade, but it's just flat out false. In fact, this is always the case that things are slow up until now. And now is when things pick up. And this week is when things pick up. And we've seen it a little bit. Uh, you see some more activity this week. We saw Sonny Gray sign. We've got, you know, the Mets have made some moves. Luis Severino has signed uh, Joey Wendell, just kind of minor moves. But like pretty much all of the top guys outside of Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray are still out there. And so, you know, Otani, we don't know what the heck is going on behind the scenes. Uh, and so teams that are out there potentially presenting like $600 million offers like your San Francisco Giants, perhaps, it's going to hold you up a little bit on some other things because you want to know, uh, are you, are you committing that money or not? Because if not, then, then you like it, like it said in the report that certain teams have turned their attention to other players. And so it's going to be fascinating how it all plays out in terms of the dynamics of the dominoes, you know, like when Otani signs, suddenly Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to be like we, uh, I, I've said this a couple times, but we, apparently Yamamoto has kind of laid out a timeline. And that timeline was like Zoom calls, I think, this week with teams. And he's got a huge number of teams after him because he is essentially an ace caliber pitcher. Probably he's coming over from Japan, so we don't know for sure how it will translate. But ace caliber pitcher, three straight equivalent of the equivalents of the Cy Young Award and three straight MVPs of uh, the Japanese league. And uh, he's 25 years old. And so you're just going to have a huge range of suitors, even teams that are kind of in rebuild mode because the youth, even if you're like, we're going to be good in three years, that fits your timeline. And so if Otani, oh, no, what we've heard is that the, there were like Zoom calls this week with interested teams, and that probably took all week, given that there's probably 20 plus teams legitimately interested in this guy, even though he's going to command 200 plus million dollars likely. 
And then I, I was thinking that I had read that in-person meetings would take place this week at the winter meetings, except we've actually heard now, I mean, actually I was mistaken. And what it was, was that those in-person meetings, which would be like next round, meaning some teams would be eliminated based on their pitch in their zoom meetings that took place this week. Um, so then in-person meetings with, uh, finalists or whatever, maybe semi-finalists. I don't, I don't know how many rounds would follow, but after the winter meetings, the week after the winter meetings. And so if Otani in fact does sign by the end of the winter meetings, then that's gonna, that's gonna make all of the teams that are still in on Yamamoto, it's gonna drive up the price even more. And so there's gonna be this domino effect. We had a report that the Giants, this is coming from John Morosi, who's also a good, trustworthy reporter. I mean, Passon says he doesn't know about the Giants, where they stand with Otani. But what Morosi said was that the Giants were set. They were devoting their whole heart and finances to signing, I think he said, one of Shohei Otani or Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And a lot of you reacted with why are, why just one? And I mean, I totally get you, but at the same time, if they come away with Otani and they don't sign Yamamoto, are, are there really going to be a bunch of ticked off fans? I think if the Giants somehow came away with Otani, uh, people would be dancing in the streets of San Francisco. And plus, I don't think that would be all that they do. There is a strong kind of second tier of pitching. There's Jung Hu Lee, there's Cody Bellinger. And so, I mean, Otani's going to get a bonkers contract. Bonkers. And Yamamoto, so like, are the Giants really going to commit, you know, a billion dollars to two players or close to it this offseason? I mean, I hope so, but I don't know. But the other thing, like on the agenda, is maybe make a move for, you know, to make yourself a better, more attractive roster if you're legitimately still in the running for Otani. Like, go out there and get that position player that you need, you know, because Otani is a DH. They've talked about their desire to improve in center field. One thing that hasn't happened yet is that Jung Hoo Lee hasn't been posted. Best player in Korea, crazy good contact skills, doesn't strike out. Uh, defensively good in center field, runs really well, but isn't really a base stealer. Um, but you know, just bat to ball skills and like maybe high batting average and and on base and all that. Uh, he hasn't been posted yet, and he's supposedly going to be posted in early December, which, you know, it's December 1st today. And so hopefully that happens. And I think that's important because otherwise you're looking at Cody Bellinger or maybe Kevin Kiermeyer, I guess, or like a trade. And I think Jung Hu Lee is a really good fit. I think Cody Bellinger is a good fit depending on the contract, but... The Giants ought to like make themselves attractive as a destination for Otani if they're legitimately still in the running by making moves now. And so, but like it's important to understand maybe you're waiting, you're not going to just sign Bellinger or whatever if maybe you think Jung Hu Lee is a better bet. 
and he hasn't he's not available to sign yet and you know the, the apparently the giants were interested in sunny gray we had a report about that come out yesterday or the day before uh but that gray had a strong preference to play closer to his home in nashville and so he ends up signing with the cardinals which is like you know st louis is like an hour away by plane from nashville whereas obviously san francisco is much further and so you know but that tells us that they were in on that i don't want to call it mid-tier but like second tier of starting pitching i thought gray was a really good fit and i said it on the show and so i don't know i mean if they were interested in him then you know they're probably there's plenty of other pitchers out there jordan montgomery marcus stroman uh, eduardo rodriguez guys who are not blake snell and yamamoto you know gonna command well over a hundred million dollars although Many have predicted Jordan Montgomery will, which I think is a bit too much for him. But nevertheless, he if he does, there's still there's a lot of starting pitchers. And so but like, do you want to pull the trigger on one if you're kind of feeling like you just need one really good starter and it and you feel like you're still in on Yamamoto or you've been told you're a finalist for Yamamoto? So. It, it, it matters so much what's going on behind the scenes and the Giants just don't leak information. And so we just kind of have to wait and see. But one thing is sh- for sure is that they are busy and doing everything they can uh, to remedy this situation that they find themselves in. There's no Nobody is satisfied with the way things have been going these last couple years. And they know they need to make a big splash and they're going to try and they are trying. I can promise you that. And trying people don't care. You know, it's not about trying anymore. It's about getting it done. And so it's a make or break next seven days for the giants. And sometimes like the Correa thing happened right after the winter meetings, but the judge thing happened right at the end of the winter meeting. So we are just so close to, to action happening and by this time next week we we may have a lot more information and honestly by this time in the early to middle part of next week we're gonna have a lot more information probably so anyway giants i think you know try to get better to improve your chances of getting otani while he's still out there but you know don't make a move just for the sake of making a move it's a tough line it's a tough balance to strike, I think. But just make your roster better, please, for multiple reasons. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, there's huge news about Gabe Kapler, the Giants' fired manager, finds a job elsewhere. What is the job? What is the team? What is he going to be doing? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do... All right, here we go. We're going to discuss Gabe Kapler, and not just Gabe Kapler, but also the coaching staff that he put together here in San Francisco that was like mocked early on for lack of experience, youth, and size. You know, number of coaches. And yet, here we are with like almost all of them, or at least a, a lot of them, 
landing on their feet and so does Gabe Kapler. So it's just worth pointing out. These guys aren't just like discarded by the league. They're valued by other teams. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers uh, on Monday, it's winter meetings day one. And so we are going to have reaction from whatever goes down over the weekend. If there's anything of major significance, I'm actually going to be traveling tomorrow. So, you know, if something happens tomorrow, you may not hear from me because I may not be available, but I will do everything I can to get, if anything's like really significant happens, look out for like an emergency podcast. Otherwise we'll be with you on Monday, breaking down the latest and kind of really, really getting you set for the the winter meetings, which will be underway. Anyway, Gabe Kapler fired by the Giants with three games left in the season. And I said, like, even I think before he was fired and throughout his tenure, a couple times, like in mailbag questions, I was asked for like my honest opinion about Gabe Kapler. And I just said, like, objectively, I think that with the roster that he was given, that he did kind of mostly a good job with with the hitting group and like making pinch hit decisions like again with the roster he had if you have a jock peterson and a lamont wade and a darren ruff and whatnot you're like you're gonna platoon an austin slater those guys get platooned those guys are platoon players and he platooned them well and to great effect in 2021 uh but i also said first of all that his like there were definitely at times questionable bullpen decisions um like this year included there was an early on in the season going to Ross Stripling in a big situation I think it was against like the Royals or something early in the season like Ross Stripling who was just getting lit up outing after outing in a big spot where a home run could tie the game and he gave up a home run anyway I said you know that was my evaluation of him as a manager but then I said He's got this problem where he just like kind of can't help but say what he really thinks sometimes. And so he ends up like criticizing players sometimes. There was that comment he made, like the first comments he he made. It was actually at the winter meetings in 2019, the year he was hired. And after that press conference that felt more like an interrogation, uh, kind of his first public appearance after that was at the winter meetings that year. And he was asked about Brandon Crawford and it was kind of a softball question. Like, what do you think about having this gold glove winner as your shortstop and veteran, blah, blah, blah. And instead of just saying what he should have said, what like all managers say, which is, Oh, it's so great. Crawford, uh, you know, is such a great reputation and I'm so excited to work with him and, you know, and have him on the left side of the infield just kind of being a vacuum and scooping up ground balls and making great plays. Instead, he like said, he literally said, quote, Crawford has at times been a plus defender in his career. And then like went on to say, but now he needs to improve on some stuff. And that that may have been true, but that's, you're just not supposed to say that, especially I'm not sure he'd even met Crawford at that point. And apparently the two had to talk about it. So he did that. He did it again at the end of this year with Luis Matos. He just like said, Matos hasn't been good in center defensively. And it's just like that. It's true, 
But you're just not supposed to say that to the media. It's kind of throwing your players under the bus. It's just weird. Um, and so just kind of socially, there was just this kind of, like like we were saying when they were looking for a new manager, Andrew Baggerly wrote it first, I think. He said, Giants need a manager who puts people at ease. And the reason for that was that they had a manager who didn't put people at ease, and that was Kapler. No, with like all due respect, I don't think he's a bad guy or anything, but he just kind of made you feel like a little uncomfortable when he was talking. He was very serious, kind of robotic in his the way he spoke. I don't know if he's like that behind closed doors. Probably not. But anyway, all of that to say he got fired, obviously, by the Giants. But he very much lands on his feet here, getting a role of assistant general manager with the Miami Marlins. And you might think, Puh, the Marlins, not a good team. Well, first of all, they made the playoffs this year. They had a good season. And they also just hired, uh, is it Peter? Bendix. Bendix is the last name. I can't recall if I'm correct on the first name, but as their president of baseball operations, I believe, not just the GM, but president of baseball operations, away from the Tampa Bay Rays, where he was their general manager. And so the Rays obviously, look, I'm not saying every team should emulate the Rays. It shouldn't be a goal to like have low payrolls and whatnot, but it is it is incredible what the Rays managed to do without spending a lot of money at all. They are a good team that wins year in and year out. They have some secret sauce down there in wherever that is in Florida, um, you know, Tampa. I don't know where exactly geographically where it is, but they've got the secret sauce down there at, at the trop. Uh, and so Bendix is now running the team. And I'm assuming that this was one of his hires. And so it just speaks to the fact that Kapler is viewed pretty highly in the industry. And I, my, my point was like, I, I always, or at least towards the end, started to feel like Kapler was better suited for a behind the scenes role where he's not talking to the media all the time. Because that kind of evaluation of like Matos and Crawford is what you want from if it's true from your like front office people, but you don't want your manager saying it to the media. And so, you know, assistant general manager, it's a pretty high ranking position. And so I'm happy for him. I also just wanted to point out that the staff that got mocked and kind of, you know, a lot of people were very unsure about the staff that he initially hired because they had so little experience, we're talking guys like Donnie Ecker, Kai Correa, Craig Albernaz, Andrew Bailey. All of these guys are no longer in the organization, and yet they end up with like landing on their feet like Gabe Kapler, Kai Correa. Stephen Vogt, by the way, who I thought was a good candidate for Giants manager. I understand why they went with someone with more experience, and I understand Bob Melvin you know, is, is a good fit, but... Stephen Vogt got hired by the Guardians to be their manager, and he hired two coaches from last year's, or not just last year's, but from the Giants coaching staff since Gabe Kapler took over in Craig Albernaz, who becomes the bench coach under Stephen Vogt, and Kai Correa is like the, I forget, like field coordinator or something. And so both of those guys get good gigs. Andrew Bailey is now the pitching coach for the Boston Red Sox. Brian Bannister left to become 
something with the Chicago White Sox, Ethan Katz, who was like an assistant pitching coach, became the pitching coach for the Chicago White Sox. And of course, Donnie Ecker goes to the Rangers and is there hitting. So anyway, this inexperienced staff was not just discarded again. It wasn't like, so I just wanted to point that out. Like, and I mentioned it numerous times, like for all his faults, Kapler, one of the things he did best was that the staff he put together was actually pretty darn good, especially when you think about what Donnie Ecker was able to do and what Bailey and Bannister were able to do on the pitching side. And it remains to be seen if they're going to have that same kind of success on the coaching level with the staff that Bob Melvin has put together. So we'll see. But anyway, just wanted to say congrats to Kapler for getting the job. You know, it was unclear what his future held after he was fired by the Giants, and it took until December for that to be resolved. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers on Monday, winter meetings are here, and we'll be talking about it and everything that goes down over the weekend. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.